I had always been making videos as a kid. And then right as I got out of high school, there's a, there's a thing called drum corps. It's like high school band, but like on steroids, like, like essentially it's like people who are like really, really good at music and they go and they do marching band for a summer. It sounds probably not super interesting, but like it's super competitive, super crazy. Like it, it's, it's a very own intense thing. Anyways, I was very inspired about like by that. I was in uh, drumline in high school and I saw one of the groups that was like super popular and like some of the best, they needed like a videographer. And I was literally not out of high school. And I was like, well, I have all these YouTube videos and like, you know, that I've made over the last few years, like some were short films, some were just like for school project. So I was like, let me just like share that and, and apply, just apply for this. Didn't expect anything. What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Understandably, a tough question for any 20-something to answer. So join me, your host, Taylor Marks of the Rise Year Podcast, as I talk with some cool people about what they do and occasionally go on long rants of my own about the pains of growing up. Today's guest is Chris Jordan video aficionado. Chris is an associate producer for the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis Howells, in addition to running his own show, where he aims to help companies and freelancers find value in video-based content. So Taylor asked me, you asked me to send you a bio, and I had never had to like write one other than like a Twitter bio, which is very limited. So I was like, I don't know how to like professionally make this sound good, but I mostly am known as like a content producer and an editor. And uh, the last year or so I've been diving deep being a associate producer and editor for podcasts, mostly the School of Greatness podcast, which is one of the top 200 and producing content for YouTube and audio. Prior to doing that, I was a filmmaker. I worked in the film industry for a couple of years. And now, which I think is how Taylor, you found me is I'd like to try to like make content, just trying to like help people get more comfortable on camera. I don't actually know if this, this episode will be on YouTube, but I'm going to push for you to put it on YouTube because I want people to put themselves out there on camera more because it seems like a very difficult thing. And, you know, also to just sort of empower people to start creating video content because um, there's a lot of possibilities with it. And it's a hurdle to get over for many, myself included. It's not easy, but it's definitely something that I'm focusing on over like the next three months. So that, that I actually tweeted about this yesterday. I very scatterbrained. So that was the hard thing about the bio, right? Very scatterbrained. I think a lot of, you know, younger adults are because what do you want to do with your life? I have no idea, right? So it's like all these things. But because of that, choosing one thing to focus on is incredibly difficult. And yesterday I was like, what is one thing outside of what I normally have to do on a weekly basis that I can dive deep into? And it was to talk about video content and, and how to you know empower creators, mainly making stuff that I need to hear. And then knowing I was going to be on this podcast, I was like, well, I got to come a little bit more prepared. So you made me dial, dial down. So I appreciate you and you changed the course of my next three months. So 
you know, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. All right. Well, then I'm excited. We'll do a little update. I'll tweet at you in, in three months and see what, what you have. So what is your, I think I had asked you like in the follow-up is like, what was your plan for that? Like, how are you going to achieve that over the next three months? Yeah. So, so dialing in my focus is just wanting to, I have like a, I need to find like a name for it really, but essentially I'd like to create Twitter content, start a YouTube channel focused on this type of subject. And then also maybe that would also then be the newsletter. So that's three things, right? That's already more than one, but it's a central idea. Whereas prior to that, I was like, oh, I'll make, you know, content about helping creators, but I'll also make, you know, I'll stream on Twitch and I'll make a, a music channel as well. I've been like getting into music production and all of that versus like, no, focusing on like helping, you know, talk about video content. So my plan is to just, I tweet maybe once a day if I'm lucky and I need to up that to like five. That's what I have written down. And then uh, I like make a YouTube channel, focus on getting people started and how to do that. Since I've made videos for like so many years of my life and just a lot of things that seem obvious to me aren't obvious to most people. That's a lesson I keep trying to tell myself because it's very easy to forget that. So then there would be a channel for that. And then I've never had a newsletter, but everybody says to have a newsletter. So now I just feel pressure. I feel like I got to write that down because that makes me uncomfortable. But that would just be then rehashing all of that content more focused, like, tweets, you can put up five and maybe one of them's actually good. So the newsletter would be going in on that, like one that's actually good. So that's the plan. I want to do that on a weekly basis for the next three months. And also this podcast maybe set up my camera and everything. And I, this has still eliminated the distract, like distractions and eliminated some of the hurdles of like, Oh, I got to set up and do lighting and all of this. It's all ready to go. So yeah, I think I just owe you at this point. <laughs> I'll take a little cut of whatever comes up across in the next few months. Yeah, a good old 25 cents probably, <laughs> but you know, hey. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm excited that kind of spurred all of these other little chain of events. So I guess the central question then is like, why do you have this big interest in video content and why do you see it as this very important thing that everyone should do? Yeah, so I think it mainly comes from I have loved YouTube and video stuff, but like mainly YouTube now because of all the different social medias and platforms, like you gotta, you know, know a little bit about all of them. Since I was like a kid, I was always making YouTube videos. Most of them have been since deleted because they are embarrassing and uh, nobody needs to see them. But uh, I've just always- Those are called artifacts, that. excuse me? No, artifacts? no, they are. Actually, you know what is sad? I actually wish they were unlisted, but there was a phase where I was like, I need to delete these. So I don't have access to them and part of me is like i know i would cringe and probably never want to show anybody but i would like to see it to like make fun of myself so i can only watch back to like when i was like 14 which is still embarrassing but not as bad as like 10 like i'm sure that stuff was just very cringy but but as i've gotten older and taken on like working you know as an editor working with people who have personal brands i've just really seen like what video content can do for you uh, to get your messaging out to share whatever your passion is and also to just like yeah to reach a lot of people and i think that it scares a lot of people right getting on camera you tweeted me like a month ago that you know a piece of my like tweet or something made you try to upload a piece of video or something like that and that you were nervous about it and that's like what a lot of people feel but 
being able to be on camera can unlock so many other like potentials and possibilities. Like one example that I just is so true. People who have a, like their own website, right? If you have a website, it looks fancy. You go to it. There's like written copy. It's the most beautiful copy you've ever seen. Even maybe there's a nice photo, right? That's cool. That's great. But I only kind of like can guess maybe what you sound like, what your personality is or whatever. But if you, but then there's this other person who does the same thing as you, right? They're also a designer or whatever it might be. And they have a video with them talking about what they do and what they can offer. And I, I get to see you, I get to see you like talk and your personality come through, like that separates you very quickly. And then also I've seen another thing that's starting to kind of like rise is that, you know, a lot of people are applying for a lot of positions or trying to work with certain people and like a paper resume can only do so much for you. And I've seen so many people like make like a piece of like content, like a video that is like, Hey, X person, I want to work for you. This is what I offer. They put that on Twitter and it works. Or people at least say like, this is what got my attention out of like a hundred other people contacting me. So it's like, not only can you do like use video content to like share your own passions or whatever, which is also amazing and something that, you know, I think everyone should do, but you can use it in other ways that aren't directly to like, you know, you have to start a YouTube channel. But I think that most people are just afraid to like record themselves talking in general, that it, it's, you know, it's holding a lot of people back. And there's people that somebody messaged me the other day and they were like, yeah, I've been trying to start this project since 2012, <laughs> but I've just like been pushing it off. And I was like, 2012 like come on like let like if you if you wait another year like i will i will like find you not in a creepy way but like i <laughs> you know so that just made me realize like sometimes like these like creative hurdles like re like 2012 that's a lot of years that's a long time yeah and i imagine they're not the only person like that so that's really got me thinking about just more of a reason to step into it so i hope that answers your question <laughs> Yeah, no, it does. And I think there is like the, such a powerful element, like you can resonate when you physically see someone on a screen and you can actually see the emotion, but there also is that, that factor of kind of being scared. Like you're putting yourself out there a little bit more than say you're writing or, or posting a picture. And like, I think the judgment feels more harsh when somebody mm -hmm. like writes something negative or says something about like a video versus like, you know, a picture or an article you wrote. And so I think we're also not really taught like how to, how to do it, I think is also like part of it. Like, it's like one of those things that only like select people maybe try and pursue. And so like, you're taught to write, you're taught to take a picture, but like talking to a camera just seems like this foreign thing that you have to teach yourself how to do in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely, hey, maybe they'll one day be like a class like in school to like teach you about it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. And I think where I got lucky was that growing up, like, I mean, I was literally like eight years old when I started making stuff and I just was so bad, but I was eight. So I didn't care, right? I was at that age where like, it didn't matter like if someone was gonna be mean. Great. And, and through that, I was able to like, just fail and fail and make awful stuff that I literally deleted off the internet. Cause I didn't want anyone to see it. And there were mean people like in my school, like people eventually found my YouTube videos and that day was traumatizing for me. Like people were mean to me, but now everybody wants to be on the internet. So like I was just early and like, I'm definitely, definitely not like the best, but I feel confident enough that I can make a video now 
but it wasn't like a to me it wasn't like a huge skill like i think it's a skill set that everybody can learn it is really just a, like make 50 bad videos first like that's just what you have to do like unless you are unless you like literally are super talented and you just don't know it your first 50 videos like will probably suck and you can just delete them because that's what i did but i think recording 50 videos like that scares enough people but yeah maybe they should teach it in school so maybe i'll maybe i'll start teaching the class yeah, yeah i'll just start teaching in uh schools how to you know <laughs> That'll is it be my more, next endeavor? Could be. Well, we waiting for it. Is it more about the the message and the content, or is it about the quality that you're producing? Yes. So this is definitely something that I love to talk about. It is so much about the message versus like the the quality of the content. Granted, if you can blend both of them, that's the best of both worlds. Like that, if you can make stuff look good and sound good, then yeah, of course that is better. But at the same time, the example I like to use, and I think I've said it before online, is like there are plenty of movies that are super like millions of dollars being used. And then there is, you know, people online using just like their iPhone. And those videos are getting hundreds of thousands of views and that means hundreds of thousands of people have decided to watch this video that was on their iphone versus the thing that is millions of dollars to produce this podcast right here costs less to produce than you know godzilla that just came out or like a couple months ago right but like if someone is listening to this right here like you are you are here right now and so it mainly just means like it's the quality doesn't matter because the quality doesn't mean that that is why someone's going to watch. And, you know, the hope is maybe this conversation would matter to someone more than Godzilla at the same time, you know? So I think that if you, if you show up with something that you want to share, something that matters to you, and you just don't have like the best quality at that moment, like as long as it resonates with people, I think that's going to go a lot further than like, oh, wow, you have such a nice camera and like a nice microphone and like a nice lens because, that's like that's gonna be like that will be forgettable right but the message that you share with someone that's they're like wow that helped me like they're not gonna forget that how do you learn the aspects of storytelling and kind of transport that into your message and into your video it's a really good question and i'm making this up in the moment but what but like what immediately comes to me is think about and like the easiest way to start making something that would most likely connect with someone is think about like what you connect with. So when you're watching a video or, uh, you know, listen to a podcast or watching a movie, whatever the medium is, what kind of story connects with you? And if you, you know, pull from that, because like all we're like every piece of art nowadays is like, it's just a bunch of ideas from like 50 other things put together and then that's your idea and so i would say like if it connects with you some piece of content connects with you how can you take that as inspiration put your own twist on it use your own story but it's like a similar like it's hitting a similar theme then it's most likely going to be able to connect with somebody else because that type of thing is already connected with you so it's like if you're like i don't know what to make like where do i even start i feel like that's a good good place to start and so like for me, I've been, just been looking at like certain people who have been creating like, like uh, 
Jack Butcher with like visualized values, like a big person in like, I think the community that we have found ourselves in. And I really connected with his stuff over like the last year. I made a video where I shared a message from his tweet kind of about, you know, it being about the message. And I literally like quoted, I was like, this is from him, but it touched me in this way. And I just wanted to share it because it meant this to me. And that video got 20,000 views. It was like my most viewed personal piece of content in years. And I didn't do anything crazy. I just like took something that I knew connected with me and clearly other people. And then I just talked about it, shared my own slight personal spin. And because it connected with other people and me, I knew it was going to at least connect with one person. And then, you know, 20,000 people saw it, which is crazy. But that's a real world example. So I'm glad I had that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So I kind of want to backtrack a little bit and kind of hear your story about how you got to where you are now. Like, where did you, what were your previous positions? And then what were the moves that you made in order to get to being in Kansas and being 23 at this current, current day? Yes. So I... Like I said, I got really lucky because I had always been making videos as a kid. And then right as I got out of high school, there's a, there's a thing called drum corps. It's like high school band, but like on steroids, like, like essentially it's like people who are like really, really good at music and they go and they do marching band for a summer. It sounds probably not super interesting, but like, it's super competitive, super crazy. Like it's, it's a very own intense thing. Anyways, I was very inspired about like by that. I was in uh, drumline in high school and I saw one of the groups that was like super popular and like some of the best, they needed like a videographer. And I was literally not out of high school. And I was like, well, I have all these YouTube videos and like, you know, that I've made over the last few years, like some were short films, some were just like for school projects. And I was like, let me just like share that and, and apply, just apply for this. Didn't expect anything. And then I got a response and I got it. And I literally graduated high school. And then I flew to, I don't even remember where I don't, it was some other state. I don't even remember, like, so in that thing, you travel like every day to a different state and perform somewhere else. But I was hired as a videographer and I flew to, like, I think Chicago. I really don't remember, but I flew across the country the day after I graduated and I worked all summer long. I made just a couple hundred dollars. They paid for like lodging and food and all that. And I traveled with them, but it was just a couple hundred dollars to be a videographer. That was the first time I ever got paid for doing something creatively. Before that, it was stupid YouTube videos. It was school projects. No one had ever given me a dollar before. And I didn't really ever think that that was possible. I was, you know, considering going to school for like music and becoming like a band director, maybe. I was like really trying to figure that out. But as soon as that happened, I was like, I wanna be a filmmaker and like, I wanna do it professionally. And so that led to, then I got into the film industry and just worked like, I would just get people coffee for like a month at a time. Like I would like work on a job where my job was literally get people coffee, make sure no one was in trouble, like just like grunt work. And I did that for a couple of months and then worked my way up to like work. I was never like shooting, but I was assisting the people that were shooting um, mainly reality TV shows. So I I, want to clarify, it's not super fancy, just, (laughs) you know, reality TV shows. But um, I did, I did do that. And then I moved to Kansas 
with that's where my wife's family is. And so we moved to Kansas in kind of like a smaller town. And I was like, well, if we're going to live here for a little bit, there's not a lot of film stuff going on. And that was actually okay because I realized, and this is something that, you know, I know that the the audience here is just a lot of younger adults. The last couple of years for me have been spent like really trying different things and like going all in on something and trying it for a little bit. And then at some point being like, maybe I don't want to do that. And I think that that's also like scary to say, but I've been trying to be good about embracing that. Granted, by moving to a smaller town where the previous thing did not exist, I had no other choice. So I said, I just want to start editing for people like I could do remotely. And so I started just like editing videos. And eventually that led to working with Lewis Howes, who has School of Greatness podcast. I freelanced there for a couple of years. And then I did go full-time there this last year. And it's the only place that I would ever gone full-time. I planned on being a freelancer, but the that company is just super inspiring to me. And it's such a good culture that I've really enjoyed it the last eight months. But prior to that, I was a freelancer for like here for about two years in Kansas. And yeah, and so that's sort of how I ended up here. There are different things that I took to sort of get started in all of these industries. And I could talk a little bit about some of that stuff that is also like in the freelancer course that I had recently put out. But yeah, that's that's how I got here. So I guess if there's any questions that sparked from that, I could dive into, you know, strategies there. But yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard. It's, it's hard to like, try to tell your life story in like five minutes. I, I'm not used to being on podcasts, so I haven't really nailed that down. And I didn't want to come super like scripted with you. So it's hard though, to like recap your life in five minutes. I'm sure I skipped over a lot, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> that was interesting. That question to see one, how people describe themselves and two, to actually see what they, what they mention. Because, you know, if you've done background research, sometimes you like know of something, but they don't touch on it. So you're like, hmm, maybe why did they not mention that? But I think you hit all of the points that I was probably going to ask you about. And what I want to kind of dive into a little bit first is being a freelancer. So how did you kind of navigate that? Because that's just kind of like this big can of worms that, you know, there's a lot to know and trying to figure out all of these moving parts in order to one, make a living and two, like, you know, find opportunities in order to propel you to that next level. So how did you do it? And then what inspired you to create this course that you recently put out? Yeah. So it's weird. I made a lot of mistakes for a lot of years about freelancing, but it was, but it worked out for me enough because like for the first couple of years I was just living at home. And so there wasn't obviously a lot of pressure there. And so what I did, like, I think, like I said, at the top of the podcast, I have a lot of interest, which has always been like a downfall of mine. So when I first started freelancing, I said, well, I'll be a filmmaker and, you know, I can use a camera. So like, let me also do like photography. I could do like weddings or senior family portraits, but at the same time that I could like make commercials and I could do wedding films and, you know, all this stuff and like edit for different, I was like doing it all. And that was a mess. Like I would just, and I, I did it for like a year. Like I would film weddings every single weekend. I would then sometimes go take photos of like people every other week, whether that was senior family photos or like a wedding photo or photography as well. And then on the side, I would always be editing for like different entrepreneurs, kind of like in that like Gary V style of stuff at the time, like a couple of years ago, I was like, I want to, you know, that's what I want to do. And eventually you can't do all of that. That's 
like that's way too much right so then i realized like let me just like focus on just mainly editing and i think one thing that was helpful for me though the the best thing you could do is like specify what you want to do from the get-go because i was trying to do six things at once it took a year for me to realize oh, i should only do one thing and if i had focused on that one thing that whole year i would have been way further ahead but you know sometimes at the same time if you are unsure then test it all and then you can figure it out but if you don't have to test it all and you can skip the line there you should definitely do it but the the next most important thing for me was identifying like what kind of work do i actually want to do and so at the time i was super inspired by gary vaynerchuk's like vlogs and like social media clips with you know interesting titles and subtitles and just like sharing quick value you know all that stuff that we see all the like all the time i was like i want to do that and so like what i did was i took those people's content and i just created free work and i sent it to their teams and by sending it to their teams at the time, I got really lucky. I got in contact with those people's teams and that led me to doing work. Like I worked for Gary V's sports company, Vayner Sports, and started editing for some athletes there because I had done some free work and sent that in and just said like, hey, I made this. Like, I just want to let you know, like if there's ever an opportunity, I'd love to be like, you know, work for you. And then that, then that opportunity led to like, because I did a decent job, like, you know, that's also important, like do a decent job. And I did a decent job. And then that led to that team saying like, oh, hey, there's this other entrepreneur over here, you know, Damon John off Shark Tank, like, would you like to work for him? And I was like, yes, I would love to do that. And so, because I'd already made all this stuff for Gary and like these like sports, uh, like these athletes that were a part of his sports agency, it was all in the same realm of stuff that Damon John's team. And then that led to when an opportunity for Lewis Howes with the School of Greatness showed up, it was the same type of content. It was, you know, cool entrepreneur, quick clips, sharing value. Like that was just like my skill set, And I focused on that and I just built up different clients all doing that same thing. And so that's really like how I got started and how I like really tried to propel myself forward over the last couple of years was, you know, I messed up for a year. I did a lot of things and then I tried to, you know, focus down a little bit uh, more. And then from there, mainly you just need like one client. I think that's like an important thing is most people go in and they say like, I need to get like so many different clients to kind of get started. But if you get like one big client that you really, really respect and want to do good work for, if you do that, you do good work for them, then that's most likely going to lead one to more with that client. But then also like they're going to know people of their same level and status that are also going to need your expertise. And so that is kind of like what led me down that path. So I want to ask you a few questions about this year of trying a bunch of different things, because I find that is, is kind of interesting. What made you like at a point decide that, you know, you need to focus in? Was it like an internal motivation or was it an external motivation? I think it was that I was really, I was really tired of like feeling like I was doing so many things and then not really feeling like I was getting anywhere. And like, my wife has been very helpful in that because like I could push myself forever, but she was like, Hey, you're doing a lot of things. And yet you're saying like, you're not feeling like you're doing anything. And I was really like on this course, I think of like, kind of like burning out. Um, but like I said, also what, what like really pushed and helped me is just the circumstances of like eventually getting to a smaller town where I didn't really have like 
the option to do a million things. And so I was like, well, this is the most like, you know, I can do this remotely. This is the easiest I can start on right now. And then for like, still though, for a minute, I was like, I could still try to do, you know, film stuff. I could do photography. Like I tried that. And then I was like, no, 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 like, let me just do this. Like, let me just edit. Let me just edit with these people and focus on that. And as soon as I started focusing on that, like I definitely got more work because I wasn't also trying to do X, Y, and Z. Interesting. But yeah, yeah, I definitely like, I think, it was mainly I was feeling I was feeling burnt out and realized like definitely needed to focus in, which is still it's still a problem going through. Like I mentioned, that's going through it. Now I'm going through that with my own content. Now it's not work really. Now it's just like my personal self. But you know, because of you, I had to have that, you know, <laughs> come to Jesus moment with myself and be like, all right, it's time to make this decision again. It keeps you it keeps you evolving in a way, but on at the at the same like token it is difficult and i think that's one of the things that i feel in particular like you know sometimes going on twitter you know just going on the internet in general it's like you know you see people are making money copywriting you see people making money producing videos and doing any number of things and it's like dang if they did that in like five months i could do that in five months but then you're also trying to do x y and z and then like you know you end up in a position like you were just talking about where it's like you've put in like five percent work on an, any number of things and you've literally gotten nowhere versus like actually putting in the time on one thing and you know being 80 percent done by the end of the year no exactly like it is so bad it's just a joke it's like i will not turn this you know hobby into a side hustle i will not turn this hobby into a side hustle because like i'll like like I literally started playing music again recently. Like it was a big part of my life in high school. But then after that, I just kind of took a break. And like literally, I could barely play the piano. I could barely like produce a song at all. But then I see like people on YouTube making like producer reacts videos and like how to make a beat. And I'm like, I could figure out how to do that. Like I could, I could start doing that. And like, it, but then I'm like, why would I do that right now? I'm not like that's not my immediate skill set. What's what, like, why does my brain do that? And same with like, like, like copywriting people being like, I made hundred thousand dollars in six months off copywriting. I'm like, I could type, you know, it's like <laughs> trying to like, it's just like the shiny object thing. And I've been really trying to dial that in because in the moments where I've succeeded in dialing it in, that is actually where the most growth happens every single time without a doubt. But for some reason, that shiny object is just so like, it's a problem. It's definitely a problem. I don't, so I don't know how much you struggle with that, but yeah, I'll literally, I'll make up like a brand strategy, a name for a company, every single, like how it's going to work. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> like my like it sounds cool. And then the reality hits and I'm like, I don't want to do that. No, we're on the same wavelength here. I have to like give myself at least like two days. So like write it down on my phone. If I come back to it and I'm still like into it, I'll like maybe do like some actual mock-ups or something. But it's it's very hard to like resist that initial temptation because like you get that high that comes with it and it's that high that you want to chase. So I definitely, I definitely relate to that. One of the things, so I want to like back to the freelancing and kind of trying a bunch of different things. I had a question kind of pertaining to, you know, you're trying all these different things and you don't necessarily have a title to associate with what you're doing, which sometimes people find kind of difficult because there's that 
prestige associated with titles typically. Did you feel that like need or want to be able to tell people like what you do with a word rather than having to go into like a long explanation or not being able to say anything? Yeah, I think that having a title makes it easier just in terms of like when people ask you. And I, and I think that if it's complicated to ask, then like you should reevaluate. And I mean, even right, even right now, like when I was trying to like detail myself, it's like, there's a little bit of that. I'm like, Oh, I should probably get a little bit more clear like myself, but it is, but at the same time, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is like, like tying our identities to those titles and all of that stuff, because I've seen a lot of people sort of talk about how that can be unhealthy. And, and also like, it's hard to change your identity, right? If you're known, like, I mean, quite honestly, like my hope right now and my focus is to become sort of like the go-to person for video content, like for tips on how to get started, but also like just tips for creating, right? That's what I want, like want to do. Cause I would love to help people do that. But at the same time, a year from now, like that might be hard if I'm like, tied to that and so i'm now sort of like in my head like trying to be careful like i want to be known but i like as that like that would be nice but at the same time i don't i don't want to be tied to that because i don't want to get like stuck in that identity and that's you know i think that's a lot of like a big problem that younger people like this like go through is feeling the need to tie our identity to one thing when definitely like right now like we're in this like time of like exploration and figuring out like what it is we actually do like and don't like and what we've just done for years and haven't thought about like oh do I actually still want to do this yeah that's a that's a good question though I think that I mean for a little bit like when I was like out of high school I was like I like to say I'm this multi like everything but then that's just really kind of sometimes I worry like that just comes off as like, oh, so like you do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to some people that might be like, oh, like you're so scattered. Like, like you don't do, I don't know. So that was also a worry, but I think that also like, I guess that just depends on if you care about other people's perceptions more. Um, that could be another discussion for another time, but yeah, that's an interesting question. I think it's just like a weird line to walk that I'm still doing right now. So, I mean, like, what do you think about that? I have personally, so right now I, I have a normal job. I work from, you know, nine to five, eight to five, but like prior to that, I would work a lot of freelancing jobs and, and contract jobs for the most part. And I found it kind of awkward at times, especially at the beginning to summarize, you know, very short, to someone like what I did, who I was, because like, if I'm a banker, okay, you automatically assume X about me versus if I tell you, you know, like I have a podcast, but then I also like work for startups and I like write or whatever. it's like, okay, but I can't, I can't put you in a box. And so like, it's kind of almost the opposite of what you want. Like you don't want to be placed in a box, but at the same time, like you do, because then you just feel a little bit more secure. So I think it's just the comfort that, that comes with it is more of, what I felt I got when I, when I had a title associated with it. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Like, I think it's, it's easier, but there's just the chance that you eventually don't want to be associated with that title and, and be put in a box by other people. But being in a box sometimes can serve you because if you are the go-to person for <laughs> design or for video content, that is very helpful in terms of 
just being able to immediately qualify you to people more so than, hey, like this Chris guy does these 10 things. Do you want to work with him on this? And they're going to be like, no, I don't. <laughs> so it, yeah, I think that, I just think online, you just maybe put extra thought into that in terms of, because people are going to put us in a box and, and you know, tie our identity, like identities to something just because of what we're naturally going to be posting. So, I mean, like, I guess prior to this conversation, what would you have said my identity was to you? I would have just strictly, I mean, kind of forgotten about, I know that you worked for Lewis House, but like all of the content I see is all video related. So I honestly would have put you in something with like just video content in general. And that's interesting because my first thing I think in the, what I sent to you was like, was my title for, for like my full-time job. Like that's sort of what comes first nowadays. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. That's a whole, like, <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that, but it's def definitely interesting. Well, cause like my touch point is like, I didn't go seeking you for Lewis Howes or for anything related to your actual job. I just kind of interacted with you through Twitter as like a normal everyday human being who like, yeah. I see you produce content and you put that out on your feed and then what you post about in general, whether it's a video or not, has to do with typically video content. So like that's the association that I already have without seeing what you write about yourself. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting, right? Like <laughs> we immediately put people like, you know, for you, I was like, I know that you have a podcast and like, I know that you're like focused on like providing value for people that are like in our age group. And like, that is like what I knew, like past that, like, I don't, you know, that like that was my touch point. And I think it's just interesting like everybody listening, like people are going to come up with their own sort of identities for you. That's scary. But you said what I wanted to be. So I think That's that true. makes me feel good. That's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're doing something good. That's, that's what it means. Yeah. That makes me feel better. All right, cool. I'll sleep a little bit better tonight. <laughs> there we go. Did you, so kind of, it kind of has to do with this a little bit is like, you know, over the last five, six years that you've been doing this so far, have there been any like detractors or anything kind of inhibiting you from whether it's internally or externally from pursuing this avenue? Yeah, I think it's definitely internally. I think that the hardest thing for younger people to do, I mean, anybody when like, being a freelancer, starting a bigger business, whatever it is, is like valuing yourself. So for me, the biggest issue, that sounds really sad. What I mean by that is valuing yourself in terms of like people should pay you money, not like your actual worth as like a person. Like that, I, I didn't have that issue, but like thinking that people could pay me for my work or for my services, that is like a really scary hurdle. And it's a big one that everyone needs to get over as soon as possible. So like a big example and breakthrough in my life last year was I edited uh, one project for, and I, I made $2,500 for that project. A year prior to that, I probably would have charged like $300. The work would have been the exact same. The difference was that I said, I should probably charge more because like, I kind of have to survive. And like, I also am like, I've been doing this for a long time. And like my skill set has like gotten a lot better and like, I, I'm worth this. And I knew I found other people who were charging more and like, 
it just sort of validated like, oh, I'm actually not valuing my work and like my business at all. And that is a huge internal like thing to get over. And I, I still go through that, like for sure, but it's definitely gotten better. Like another big breakthrough for me. So like I do have a full-time job now working on, on content, but I also am like a content consultant sort of for only like a couple clients. So it's not like a thing that I really advertise that much, but I will help people kind of like optimize their content. Um, one's working with like, or both of them are working on a podcast, but also just like, you know, this week, make these types of videos for your YouTube and for your Instagram and like going over that. So I am actually just getting paid as a consultant for my knowledge. I'm not even like, I'm not editing anything. I'm not writing anything anymore. I'm like charging for like my expertise and my knowledge. If you had told me that I could do that a year and a half ago, I would have thrown up. I would have not <laughs> believed that I could do that. But I started kind of watching some content where people were talking about it. And I was like, I have that expertise. Like this person, like we said, shiny object. I was like, this person making a lot. Like I could try to do that. And at the time I was sort of like feeling burnt out with editing as a whole. So I was like, well, like, let me try this because why not? And it actually worked. And so that is like another thing, like I didn't really mention it cause I don't do it with like, I don't advertise it, but I did start doing it. And I, yeah, like I started to realize like, oh, I, I have enough value that I could charge just for like my, my, my brain. And that's, that's hard. That's a really hard thing that took me like three years to overcome. And so now I'm like always evaluating like, okay, well now I got over that hurdle, but now it's the next, like, there's definitely always that next internal thing that's like holding me back. But I think a lot of people when getting started freelancing, making content, whatever it is, like just even that first initial step of like valuing yourself to like charge more than like $10 for something is like hard. Like, you know, usually I'd be like, oh, you want me to like work for like 30 hours on something? Like I'll do it for free. Like that's where like I started. So yeah, but that was internal. It was all like internal. Like I don't value, like why would someone want to pay me for that? Um, so I don't know if you've experienced that or, you know, other, like other people on the show have talked about that similarly, but yeah, it's definitely for me is always the internal stuff that I think has held me back and still holds me back in some ways. And I think just a lot of people as well. Oh, yeah, 100% across the board for both like personally and and other people that have come on. And I think a lot of times it tends to be associated with like the confidence of someone, you know, going back to like your first initial client of like them putting value in you like it is kind of hard initially, especially when you are younger, and you're kind of like that spring chicken. And you're like, dang, I'm new, like nobody thinks I know anything. So like, I'll do x, y, and z in order to like work my way up at a lower rate. But then also like, yeah, you get to a point where like, okay, I got to eat, but also like the content I produce is just as good as the content that somebody who's 10 plus years older than me, and they're charging, you know, five times what I'm charging, like, why can't I do that? Or why can't I at least charge two and a half times what I'm charging right now to just kind of get yourself to that point but you're not and i think part of it goes back to like yeah you need confidence but you're also just unless somebody walks you through or like you happen upon like an article or a video where they like walk through it it's like you don't really quite know how to like broach that topic of conversation because like it is kind of awkward and if somebody like gives you a rebuttal you're like oh crap like i just like put myself out there and they were like no, no, no. But like in reality, it's like, okay, maybe they're not like the client or someone that you want to like actually work with. Yes. And yeah, I 100% believe 
and that it's like it's like if they so say you've been charging fifty dollars for something that you should really be charging like two grand for whatever the actual difference is like if you say two grand and they're like no then like they're just not the right person to be working with and all you have to do like for me it was like finding someone that was like yes, I'll pay you for, you know, I'll pay you $2,500 for that one video editing project versus like, you know, I was working previously with people that would have, you know, if I said that they would have like just hung up, but you know, it's like, I don't care. Like I don't, cause I don't need to work with them. Right. I just need to find that one. Yes. Like if you find that one, yes, it will change your freaking life. And like, that's, that's worked for me in every case. Like I've gotten a couple of no's. So like definitely with video editing there was plenty of times where people were just like no that's too much and then like it would just fizzle out and and that was okay and then also like when i started to try to do like you know some consulting here or there i had a few like you know first calls with people and it's not like it was like the end of the world it was just like oh no like i don't think right now is the best time for this and like at the time in that moment i was like okay i'm terrible and you know but then like i got one that next call like that person was like yes this would be amazing like i totally am on board and would love to you know pay you for that and then it was like i don't care about the people that said no or turn me down like that why did that like that doesn't matter anymore because i've gotten a yes if you get one yes you can obviously get more yeses and then when you get so many obviously you got to start charging more because you can't continue to take all of the you know those yeses for that one same price. And it's just all about like leveling up in small ways whenever you can. I definitely think is is the way to go about it. It's just like just leveling up in a small way, getting one yes, because if you get one yes, why like if you get one yes for a larger amount, why would you ever go back to that smaller rate? And if you get one yes for this new type of service you're gonna offer, then why would you ever be scared to offer to somebody else? Like, you know, you'll get some no's, but you've gotten a yes. So clearly you'll, that's not the only person that values you that same way. And, you know, the people that say no, it's their loss. And it's not like, you know, if you had to like really beg them to work with you, it probably wouldn't have been good in the long run either. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how, how I feel about it. Also, like for people who are freelancers, the people that you work with that are like, don't want to pay you more, those are always more difficult. So just like, you know, the people that will pay you more are way easier. I don't know, like, it's really weird, but I've seen that, like, for me, that's been the case. And I've seen so many other people talk about it. I just feel like that's super interesting. It's because they're not stingy and they're not like watching their pocket. They're like, oh man, it's got to be done by X day. And then it's got to be all these parameters versus the people that like truly care about like the quality and you at the same time are like, okay, you know, do what you meet the, meet the deadline and here's the money and um, we expect a good product. And I think that almost like helps you in a sense, because it's not like you feel like someone's breathing down your neck. It's like you have free reign to like fully be created and like do the project as you actually can rather than like stressing about getting all the answers right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's just, it's always interesting. When I reflect back on like, you know, starting out to like five years from then, just like the stuff that I said yes to or would put up with or deal with, I'm just like, man, like that's growth right there. So yeah, but if you're just starting, if you're listening, you're just starting out, skip the line. Like don't, don't take on, you know, negative people and, and, you know, just start trying to say a number that scares you slightly, you know, when you're charging and stuff and just like, try to, 
I spent like a couple of years in that area. And then it was really like the last two years where I really broke out of that, but I don't want anyone to have to go through three years of that. <laughs> Save you the time in advance. That's Chris's advice, yes. everyone. <laughs> yes. You're welcome. <laughs> Wonderful. You're welcome. Wonderful. All right. So I have four questions left for you at the end okay. that I ask everyone. And the first of which is if you had a book written about you, what would the title of the book be? Oh, oh, that's an interesting question. Hmm. Oh man. What, what What is your answer to this? I'm sure people. That's what people have asked you. I gotta think about this. What's your answer? At this given moment, it would be like, "What's next?" Because I'm always kind of like scoping out, like, where can I go to travel, or like, you know, what's the next thing that I can try, or just like, you know, talking to people. Like, what's the next question I'm going to ask? I like that. Yeah, I think that mine would probably just be the only like the thing that just comes to mind is just like a work in progress. Like I just feel like like every every year I'm always just or every day I'm just trying to get like one percent better at something and I'm always like people always know me as like I'm moving all over and I'm doing this thing and this thing and like you know, just a work in progress currently and maybe that'll change. But that's the that's like for that's the only title that was coming to my mind. So I, that's all I got. Okay, all right, that's relatable. The next one is, if you had twenty four hours to live, unlimited money, could travel anywhere at the snap of your fingers, and bring whoever you wanted with you. I know it's a loaded question, but what would you do? Hmm. I would bring my entire family, and I would go so. My wife went to Peru and climbed uh, Machu Picchu, which is just like one of the tallest mountains out there. And I didn't, I wasn't there at the time. And I really like, I've seen pictures of it and that is crazy. And doing something like that scares the heck out of me. I like very much so like want to always, if I'm traveling, I'm staying in a hotel. I'm never like, you know, hiking out or doing anything like crazy. And I think it takes like four days to climb that. And like, you have to like stop along the way multiple. I would, I would do that. That feels like for me, there's so many areas like on earth that are just so beautiful that I have not gone out and explored. That's the first one that comes to my mind. There's probably some other cooler places, but Machu Picchu, from the pictures I've seen, that place is crazy. And I've heard a lot of good things about Peru. So that's what, yeah. I've never thought about that, but that, that is immediately what I would do if, to, if today was my last day. That sounds like a good day. The next one is, would Chris at 8, 10, 12, whatever age you want to pick around, around that time frame, would he be happy with where you are now and what you're doing? Yes. And I feel so grateful to say that because I know that that is like a may not always be the case. So how many people usually say yes? And how many people say, like, is, do you get a lot of yeses or is it like 50, 50? I would say it's predominantly yes. And the no's typically stem from like, as a kid, they like really wanted to be something. So or like the idea of them, like not knowing they associated it more with like what they did rather than like who they are or were in that given moment. So like they wanted to be a doctor, but like they're like a founder of some sort of company now. Like, so just your mindset at eight was maybe different. Gotcha. Yeah. For, yeah, I'm, 
I definitely think that they'd be happy because like I mentioned, like when I was eight, like I started making dumb videos and now to be 23 and I work full time, like working on a show that, that, and the show that I work on and the content I work on was also stuff that I grew up on in high school. So it's also full, full circle there. But I had a conversation just like a couple of days ago with somebody who I used to play like Call of Duty with when I was like, when I was 12 and they were like, I had talked to them in like 10 years and they were like, yeah, isn't it crazy? Like, you know, at least we're not, you know, on YouTube all the time and like still playing video games. And I was like, well, I do still play video games. And also like, I ain't like, I do this. Like it actually became like all this hours spent on YouTube and making dumb videos, like did lead into all of the creative work I do that I still do personally. And then I also do professionally. And it just made me reflect like, wow, like I actually just stuck with it and it like really worked out for me. And so like the last two weeks, it's interesting that you asked me that, but I've been like super grateful for like what I'm up to and what I kind of get to do on a daily basis. Um, but also like who I am, like just being able to like be creative and, and kind of like work on stuff and I don't know, create stuff that I believe in has made me like proud of who I am as a person at the same time. That's what I love to like, nothing fills me with like more joy, just like hearing other people say that. And I think it's, I think it's awesome to kind of to be able to say that with like an amount of like a certain amount of confidence and just like you just know like in your bones that mm -hmm. this is who you are and like you feel good being you and where you are so that's awesome yeah i yeah i don't know if i realized it that much until i like really just said that out loud so thank you for asking that question that's cool yeah i, I mean i like i was thinking about it but like saying that out loud and now it's like gonna live forever i'm like i'm glad that i was able to like confidently say that that's cool there you go. I have it documented. So one more question for you, which is what do you want to accomplish either personally, professionally, and or both over the next six months? Yeah. So the biggest thing will, and you have to hold me accountable to this now it's on record is like going to be like dialing into like, like one single focus for me and like really honing in on creating a certain type of content to, to help a certain group of people and be focused on that, I think is definitely like professionally, but also personally, like the hope for me is that it, you know, I love talking about like side hustles and stuff. It's like, maybe that would become like a side hustle that eventually would pay you 25 cents because I made 50 cents as a, you know, as a whole, like that would be like professionally really cool for me to just to have that like second stream um, of income there with that. Uh, but also personally, because like when I am creating something that is outside of like, you know, like my nine to five, which I actually, like, I really enjoy what I do on a daily basis, but to still have that like extra project that I am personally responsible for creating start to finish really, really like matters to me. And when I'm not doing that, if I go a couple months where I'm not doing that, like I can feel like every day, I'm just like, I'm so tired of being tired of not doing this. And so, yeah, my hope is to, to actually do both like for myself, but also professionally. So it would be sort of like a win-win. That sounds Yeah, phenomenal. you gotta hold me accountable. It's on, it's on record, so. <laughs> I'll make a little message after this and I'll, I'll hit you up in three months to see where the progress is. Perfect. Last thing is just where can people find you, watch your videos, keep in contact? Yes. Um, real quick, if this does go on YouTube, okay. my cat just jumped up and said, hello. <laughs> That's the best thing about, I have four cats and they just always, I was like, wow, I made it a whole 
hour without anybody jumping on me, but uh, there he is. Anyways, <laughs> the best place to find me is on Twitter. It's at I'm Chris Jordan. And that is definitely just the best place. I, it's the same handle on TikTok and Instagram on YouTube because I haven't made the new thing. Um, that handle is not the same, but yeah, Twitter is like my main focus right now. And I would love to, to connect and help anyone else and answer any questions. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to have, you know, been invited on the podcast, boost my self-esteem a little bit today. So I'm feeling good about it. And this is good. I feel like I kind of had some breakthroughs through this. So I appreciate the questions. They were really, really good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being open to all my questions and answering with, with honesty. It was really cool to, to just learn a bit more about you, but also just like the industries that you've been in and, and your thoughts and everything. Yeah. Well, I hope it was valuable for at least one person. If everyone else says, you know what, forget this guy, I'm sorry. But if it was just one person, then, you know, that's, that's the main goal kind of in everything. It's also like a good, like you just what one person, like that's an easy, well, most of the time it's an easy thing to say like, oh, okay, I could probably accomplish that. So yeah, I'm very self-deprecating. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, to, what I like to do is I like to like, I have like big goals, but I also set it low. And I also just sort of like, you know, I make the joke before anyone else makes it. So maybe that's something deeply rooted in my childhood. And we can talk about that on part two. My two takeaways from my conversation with Chris are first, why you should make videos and the impact that it can have not only for yourself and sharing your own story but also for others you never know how your story is going to resonate with people or what kind of community you could create and build through the sharing of your personal experiences whether that's opinions or that's you know just life endeavors that you choose to take on or have taken on the second is the importance of having a singular focus hone in on something and get good instead of spreading yourself too thin and trying to be decent at a million different things it really pays off once you put in the effort and you start seeing the returns whether it's from clients or job specific 